Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. State Farm agents are in your neighborhood, ready to help personalize your insurance. And you can manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. Visit statefarm.com today to get a great rate without sacrificing great service. That's statefarm.com. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Kevin H. I'm Kevin C. And I'm a Seth. And this is the Dark Dark Windows Windows Podcast. So just a disclaimer, we are going to talk about some things that people might not be super comfortable with. We're going to use some language language that people are not going to be super comfortable with. That's adult language. Expletives. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Or not. That's cool too. So I just hit record. So we're uh, we're officially recording. Yay. Welcome to the Dark Podcast. The what? Did you forget the name of our fucking show in the last week? The Dark Podcast, you fucking animal. Jesus. Listen, we shortened it. Go from dark windows to dark. We're now just DWP. DWP. (laughs) I put that out there. I'm going to get my beef yerky out. Your beef yerky? Beef yerky. Yeah, beef yerky. That's good. Okay. Got your notes all pulled up. Notes are all up. Wonderful. Ready to start this slut? This, this slut? Yeah. Okay. Uh, hold on. Let me just close that up first. There we go. What's going on, everybody? Howdy. As you can tell, there's only two of us here this week. Uh, well, how, oh, how would they know since someone else hasn't started talking? Because he's not here to talk. Well, yeah. But maybe he was just going to be silent. No. He's blending into the wall. Well, actually, he can't blend into the no. wall anymore. No. Yeah, let's try that again. <laughs> okay. Howdy, folks. What, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? Uh, as you can probably tell by the lack of a third voice, uh, Seth's not with us for a little bit. And uh, you may have seen it on Facebook and he, Instagram. He definitely said something on Instagram. I don't know if we did on Facebook or not. Um, he's going to be back after the first of the year. It's just his work schedule is uh, is crazy this time of year for what he does. Um I wanted to say thank you to everybody for being patient with us with everything because Seth's schedule's been nuts. Kevin's schedule's been nuts. My schedule's been nuts. Uh, my wife and I just moved into a house. Um, we got our new studio set up. And uh, Kevin was a big help. Thank you, my thank you, buddy. I appreciate it because uh-huh. you kicked ass helping us out with this. So. My schedule's been the least nuts of everybody else's. Yeah, that's that's probably true. But we did get you back from that cult that kidnapped you to use you as a sex mascot, so. I liked it. No more death by snoo snoo for you. Eh, Don't worry about that. (laughs) So, um, start off with uh, Studio. Yeah. Thank them for uh, sponsoring us and uh, providing us with these sexy ass Regent headphones that we're wearing right now. Not just us. Anybody that buys these headphones is pretty lucky because they are fan fucking tastic. Exactly. And and it's not just the Regents; they're all good. I've got the I've got the Neva. Those things are badass. Those are the completely wireless Bluetooth ones. Um. Get about three hours of battery life on a charge out of them. The cool thing is, 
the case that they come in doubles as a charger and it holds four additional charges so you get like 17 hours of battery life out of them which is awesome and then your wife has the the vasa which have uh, a, a wire between the earbuds yeah and it's got a little remote so you can like pause and so answer which phone does, calls and stuff which doesn't make them it make, doesn't make them wireless but it makes them you know wired but they're bluetooth yeah exactly and then they also there's another kind that's uh the clar the, the other another, over the ear yeah, but there's another... Uh, there's two different kinds of Vasa. It's just the, the earpiece is different on them. Yeah, something um, like that. Then there's an, then we have uh, the Regents that we have. Yep, there's the smaller over the ear. Yep. And then we have the Klar, which are the newer ones, which are <sighs> which are uh, completely over the ear. And they're sound canceling. Yeah, noise canceling. <laughs> and they're only like 150 bucks or something yeah. like that, which is ridiculous. Uh, I kind of want to get a pair just mm-hmm. to try them out. Hell yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm big on uh, noise cancellation. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, and if you want a pair, well, we know you want a pair. You do want a pair. So just go on to studio.com and pick whatever kind you want or whatever kinds you want. Yep. And at checkout. Hey, don't, in, don't be stingy. Buy somebody else a pair for Christmas, too. They're fucking sweet. Yeah, because Christmas is coming up. That's right. Or Yule or Hanukkah or whatever the fuck you do. Yeah, Kwanzaa, yeah. whatever. Uh... And at checkout, put in the promo code of DarkWindows15, and you'll get 15% off Yes, your whole per- tire purchase. Yep, and I don't know if they're still doing it, but they, they usually have like a little free gift thing. Like when I got mine, they gave they sent out like a, a canvas bag, like the last ones I saw mm. were uh, coasters, but still nice. pretty fucking sweet. I mean, it's they don't have to send you free shit, but they do, and they're awesome. Speaking of money off, you can also yeah. go and... Uh, Check out another place. Yep. You can go over to GameEnvyCreations.com. I'm sorry, .net. .net. Um, That's the home of the hobby holder. I'm not going to do this as well as Seth. No. But you go on there. You find your hobby holder. It's got different color combinations for the base and the handle. You can mix and match whatever you want to do. You put in Broadstone. B-R-O-A-D-S-T-O-N-E. At checkout. And they will give you $2 off each hobby holder. So if you buy... Two. Four. If you buy two or four or whatever, you get $2 off each one of them. Not your total. $2 off each individual hobby holder. Which is so, pretty fucking sexy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I actually uh, sent one out to uh, Angel's husband, Spencer. He fucking loves it. And I was like, nice. awesome. That's sweet. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But uh, now that we've got all the fun stuff out so of with the that, way. Yeah, with that said, so what who we... Who we uh, before we get today? into him, I want to. I got a little preamble I have prepared because. So I kind of wanted to start off by explaining the difference between a spree killer and a serial killer. Because it's very important that you know the difference between a spree killer and a serial killer when it comes to what we're talking about, right? Today it is because this guy had a high enough body count to technically have been a serial killer. But the big difference between serial killers and spree killers is serial killers have a cooldown period where between kills mm. they are dormant for the most part um spree killers are like just fucking bang 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 one right after the other because usually because uh, a spree killer is what someone who kills more than two people but it's usually like in a fit of passion if i'm not mistaken right uh, yeah fit of passion fit of rage or just um i hate to really talk about it like this but even um like school shootings are considered a spree killing because it's all but done in a, one well, Nowadays, that's a mass shooting. It's the same difference, though, because if you uh, like uh, the guy in um, University of Texas back in the '60s, he was a spree killer because he killed 
his wife at home. He killed, I think he killed his mother. Then he went to the clock tower and killed a bunch more people. That's, that's still technically a spree killer. Um, because it's all being done within a very, very quick period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to a serial killer who would kill somebody and then, you know, a couple months later they have another victim. And then, you know, sometimes like, sometimes like serial killers, as they go, the, that distance between kills will shorten, but it's never like bang, 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 like going out and killing four people in one day. But it has to be, but, it, but yeah, usually is that cool down period between there's a, like, I don't know, maybe months, maybe yeah, there's, there's a no year. Like, there's no like exact science to it it just yeah. depends on how fucked up they're in the brains so with that said yeah the guy the the person that we're referring to that we're talking about today is his name is maxime gelman i i think referring to him as a person might be uh well, <laughs> might might be a little uh overestimated because yeah. he's just a giant piece of shit yeah we well we first learned about this uh douchebag we were watching oh fuck it was uh, something on uh it was like investigation discovery. Like this Some, is like fucking five years ago. We found this. Yeah, like, something well, like this. Because it was, uh, yeah, it was like a whole bunch of uh, serial killers or ki- murderers, or something like that. They were like that were living um, in pri- they were in prison and they were just talking about different different ones. Yeah. Um, it happened to be that they talked about um, to what was it? Ted Kuklinski? Kuklinski. Yeah, Ted, uh, Ted K- uh, Kuklinski was one of. I'm sorry, no. He was the hitman. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. His name escapes me. Richard Kuklinski. Richard. Yes. Sorry. I, I was like, I'm looking at the book and I'm like, doesn't have his name on the spine. For some shit. reason, I thought it was Ted. <laughs> well, because you're thinking uh, Ted Kaczynski. Mm, Polish Ted's. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I... K- K- Kuklinski, Kaczynski, what's the difference? Huh? One of them just killed a bunch of dudes. One of them. Well, Kuklinski was. Well, I mean. He was a ballsy motherfucker. He he was a fucking badass. He killed what? Wait, he killed a a woman or a guy. He killed the dude t- walking down the street and then gave and the dude's t- dog yeah, to dog. his kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we, we Merry already, Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to talk about him because he probably killed Jimmy Hoffa. He admits to it in his book. So, yeah. Well, if he knows where the body's buried, he's he, gone now. He doesn't. He doesn't know where the body's buried, but he knows where the barrel was that the body was buried in. <laughs> True, 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 um, true. So let's get into this uh, dirtbag. This fucking guy. Ugh. I hate him so much. <laughs> yeah, we've, uh, and just as a, as a little kind of like fun fact, uh, Kevin, myself, and uh, my wife have actually driven past his forever home multiple times mm-hmm. over in uh, Comstock, New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, Seth, uh, I'm pretty sure, did a tour there. When he was doing his uh, criminal justice stuff in college, so well, your wife said she went there as well. Yeah, because she went there with a high school band. Yeah. So, that, but that was before he was in here because she graduated. Well, she graduated in like I don't know, but he wasn't there yet. Probably not. But anyway, let's start talking about this fuck nuts. So Maxim Gelman was born in the Ukraine, uh, May thirty fourth. Uh, yeah, May thirty fourth. Thirty fourth. Huh. Thirty fourth. Yeah. Nice. He was born in the Ukraine, May thirty first, nineteen eighty seven. The trouble that I really found that I had with this guy was a lot like trying to find stuff with like Emil Matasaranu when we did the the North Hollywood shooting. Uh. Was trying to find anything about his childhood because the fucking Soviet countries were just like, no, we're not releasing any information at all. You're not going to find shit. Yeah. Well, this 87 cold war. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Makes but, sense. But thankfully, he did immigrate. Well, not thankfully, because if he had stayed there, he probably would have saved a bunch of people <laughs> a bunch of time. Um, mm-hmm. He he uh, immigrated here in 1992 with his, for some reason, his stepfather. He came over with his stepfather. And then in 1994, his mother came over. Um, not sure why she would send him with his stepfather and not have him wait and go with her. But whatever. It's you know mm-hmm. neither here nor there. Uh, he did become a, a legal U.S. citizen in 2005, you know, uh, so that's that's good news. So at least uh, when he did all of his shitbaggery, he was a legal citizen, so he didn't have any diplomatic well, immunity takes, from a different country. It, it take, Well, it also takes a little while to... Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a process. Yeah, to get, become a citizen. I mean, geez, it took him almost, what? 11 years, something like that, or uh, a little more than that. Yeah, because when, when, when he moved over here, he was like five. So it was, you know. 13 years later, he yeah. became a citizen, so. Yeah, so he attended Abraham Lincoln High School in Brooklyn, and according to some people there, they're not really sure if he actually graduated from high school or not, because he was kind of a, uh, from what I was watching in the, the documentaries that I watched, he's kind of a loner, kind of in-betweener guy, had a couple of friends here and there that he would go do graffiti and shit with, but... Hmm didn't really have um, like a lot of friends. Um, he was also known as being a skateboarder. I'm not really sure why that's ultra important, but people are like, oh yeah, he used to skateboard. Cause cool. <laughs> Everybody didn't fucking you know, 2000 to 2008 pretty much. Yeah, but well, during that time, I guess if you were seen as a skateboarder. Yeah, you were probably a fucking little punk ass. Yeah, but you're, you're kind of like the loner. You weren't uh, one of the popular kids, but... But that's you know. back when Tony Hawk was big, so you know everybody knew who that was. So I don't True. know. I don't really know. But he, you still were kind of like the, you were uh, kind of like the outside. I realistically, he was probably a, just like a shitbag, like punk ass kid that was just being a dickhead. True. Um, his unpopularity caused him to have. I'm ugh, Jesus fucking Christ! I can't read my own typing. His unpopularity caused him to not have many friends or girlfriends, which reportedly amplified his uh, psychotic tendencies to, to do stuff. Uh, he gained a reputation with local law enforcement after being arrested multiple times for gra- uh, graffiti-related activities, like we said before. Um, he was also known to have been a small-time drug dealer and user of crack, prescription prescription pills, and the super fun one that you know everybody should try is PCP. Because it's mm. like fucking crystal meth and steroids, apparently. Mm. Yeah, me. Yeah. Um, so it kind of he kind of falls off the map after high school, just doing you know hood rat shit, selling drugs, being a uh-huh. being a prick. Um, our story picks back up, and this is where it gets uh, where it gets bad. Is uh, on the morning of February eleventh, two thousand eleven. He picked up a kilo of cocaine from, a, from um, I'm guessing, like a distributor or somebody like that because I don't really know how the food chain of drug dealers works. Not you know. being one myself or, yeah. or, or knowing anybody, I don't really know. Being a lapsed drug dealer, no. <laughs> <laughs> being uh, a drug dealer in my former life, yeah. I'll tell you that. I'm a reformed drug dealer, you know. But I, I, don't, know. I don't know how they – I don't, I don't, know, I don't know any drug dealers anymore. I did when I was like – 20 I did, but I don't <laughs> I don't anymore. I don't know any. No. So, All right. Uh, so the morning of February 11th, 2011, fuckface here, Gelman, picked up a kilo of cocaine from a lar- from a rather large dealer. Like like we I said, don't know if he, I don't know if he was fat or if he was just a big time dealer. Both. Could have been both. But like we said, we we don't know the the drug dealer 
fucking food chain, so I'm guessing it's a distributor or something. Yeah, I know he's nosing at the door. He can fuck off, though. <laughs> uh, and so then he took off with it, crossed over the Brooklyn Bridge on his way back to Brooklyn, of course. Right. Well, I mean, because you can go well, out of could, Brooklyn on the bridge, true. but he, he was going, going back. He did, was, could be going to Manhattan. He was going back into Brooklyn. Yeah. So. So he crossed over from Manhattan back into Brooklyn. Uh, he was spotted by a bunch of cars. No, with, he, he said he saw all these cars and shit, and you're like... Oh, he spotted a bunch of cars yeah. with what he called official plates. In finger quotes, of course, because... So, so that was basically cop car plates. Or, you know, Department of Water and Power, you know. Could be. <laughs> Department mm. of Transportation, <laughs> fucking sanitation trucks, you know, garbage trucks and shit. Yeah, he said, said his phone battery started dying very quickly and was calling people on its own. Mm. Yeah, this guy is fucking... Like, dude... I, you should watch the interviews with him when you, when he's talking about stuff. He's just like, he'll be talking and he's kind of like, yeah, my, uh, my phone was calling people on its own. And he's just fucking, he's like a mile and a half away from where he should be. He's just staring at the ceiling, talking uh, fucking nutcase, dude. Seriously. He's, he's I, paranoid schizophrenic. I think would probably be the best. So he's convinced that the fo- the feds have gotten into his phone. Yes. Have tapped it. All right. Again, where were we? <laughs> So he thinks that the phone, that the cops are tapping his phone, making phone calls, draining his battery. Yeah. Because, you know, he's a paranoid fucker. Because, cause, you know, the FBI can drain your phone battery. <laughs> I won't say that they won't. Well, more importantly, the DEA can, because that's who he's worried about. Yeah, well. So he, so he then stops his car on the bridge and went to the railing, cut a bag open of, of the Coke, it throws the fucking shit in the water. So not only is he a paranoid schizophrenic, but he doesn't give a fuck about fish. Mm. Kind of reminds me of uh, this movie. Uh, oh, I can't think of it. It's got Joe Pesci in it. Uh, Goodfellas? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where well, what's his fuck is like so fucking paranoid because he thinks that the helicopter's in the air. Or, yeah. Or the FBI. And, you know, DA. Look. Spying on him. <laughs> the, the differences between Goodfellas and this guy is the guys in Goodfellas were good at being gangsters. He was a shit one. True. <laughs> True. So he, in a panic, drives to his mother's house in Sheepshead Bay to get his passport and get the fuck out of the country. Yeah. Because the way he tells the story is somehow between where he dumped the cocaine and get into his mom's house, he'd bought airline tickets to the Dominican Republic. Which makes perfect sense because if you're going to try to escape the United States, you might as well go to more of the United States, right? <laughs> no, that would be the be the Puerto Rico. Yeah, the Dominican Republic would still ship his ass back here for it. Maybe, maybe we have enough of their baseball players. They would they'd play ball, <laughs> but they're not. No, <laughs> they're, the, they're, the 50, they're the fifty second state. Puerto no. Rico's fifty one. Uh, I don't know about that. I'll I'll let you think that. I will then. Okay. <laughs> so now by this time it's 5 a.m. And he's trying to tell his mother that he needs to get his passport. She accused him of being drunk. He wasn't. He was fucking stoned. Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> drunk. He's just paranoid as fuck. You know, no big deal. And, and as they argue, a stepfather. Let me, you want me to field the name on this one? No. Okay. Alexander Kuznetsov. There you go, dude. He, he plays uh, plays center for uh, the Islanders. No, he's a, he's a wing. Oh, he's a wing? Yeah, he never oh. he never made an NHL. He wasn't, you know, he blew, oh, he blew he his plays, knee out. He plays for the IHL or whatever, AHL? No, he was he was going to go pro and he blew out his knee. 
Yeah. Uh, sucks. Fucking Alexander Ovechkin slashed him real hard. You Did know, because he? You know, he was probably like, what? I don't know, 15 when that happened? <laughs> Could have been. I guess. Been. So I'm like, wait, no. no. Fuck, he's been in the NHL since like 2000, so yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if Al- uh, Alexander's still in. I think he retired after he uh, after he got so. a Stanley Cup. Could be. Might as well. Fuck it. So his stepfather comes in the kitchen in his underwear because... It's fucking 5 a.m. If you're dressed yeah. at 5 a.m. and you're not going to work, there's something wrong with you. Now, is he like... Is he, is he one of those... Uh, I, I, as I look at the Russians, I look at there's two forms. There's there's Russians that are like pretty boy, like I got no chest hair and fluffy hair type of thing. <laughs> then there's the other one. I'm polar bear. Yeah, where they've got like give a, me a roar. Yeah, their fucking head is shaped like a table. You know, it's like giant. No, he he, he did describe him as a fat greasy Russian mm. in the interview. So I think we kind of know which one that one is. <laughs> so he has big woolly chest. Yeah. Huh. I am fat like bear. <laughs> a little comrade. I have rolled around under car. Go fuck yourself. Uh, uh, yeah, well, this is where it gets, like, less fun, though. So, Gal- at, at least for Mr. Kuznetsov, because... Uh, well, <laughs> he, yeah. so he, Galvin says he, that Kuznetsov starts yelling at his, at him and his and his mother, and yelling in, in at him in Russian. Yeah, so he's, like, cursing out his mom, calling her all kinds of awful names and shit. Probably. No, he, he was, because, he, you know, he speaks Russian. Well, so yeah, he, duh. Yeah, so he's like, no, he didn't go into details. He's like, oh, he's cursing out my mother, calling her all these awful names. You know, and uh, I'd had enough of it. I'd never hurt my mom. No, no, nobody's going to talk to my mom like that. Well, that's mama. Yeah, but he might have overreacted a little to some name calling. Hmm. Yeah, well, but we don't know, though. There could have been, there could have been... We don't know. I mean, you could sit there and go, well, we don't really know. We're not in his shoes. We don't know that if maybe at some point there was other stuff and then this kind of he being on the coke. He did. He did say that. See his step- how I said on the coke. Yeah. He did say that his stepfather was an abusive drunk. Um, they see. There but you go. He said he was verbally abusive. Never laid a hand on anybody. But still verbal. It's. It still takes its toll. It does, but... I, I know firsthand that verbal abuse takes its toll. It does, but I think what he manages to pull off might have been a little bit too much to, you know, because you're getting yelled at. Doesn't make a difference. Oh, still... Read on, brother. You know, verbal... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just... I know from personal experience that you could, your, your brain, you know, you can only take so much. And verbal or other abusive... Otherwise, I mean, it's still just fucking gets to be so much and, you know, you, you just want to snap. Well, that and I think if you mix it with PCP brain. But, kinda... you, but you're also on, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're on the shit and your brain kind of tweaks out. Yeah, that's true. And like I said, you got, you're got you on the, you're on the, P, you got the PCP brain and you're all fucked up anyway. Yeah. Um. So as uh, as Kuznetsov tried to intervene, intervene and defuse the argument, um, because... From where he's where he stood, his I'm I'm assuming his stepfather thought that he was arguing with his mother, and he kind of like just tried to intervene, and then you know the everybody got involved in the fight, and um, uh, well, what ends up happening is uh, as he's arguing with his stepfather, Gelman grabbed a kitchen knife and started stabbing him. Um, he he actually ended up stabbing him so hard that the knife broke, 
And instead of stopping there, he continued on with a carving fork. He, he stabbed his stepfather a total of 55 times, killing him on a dirty kitchen floor in Brooklyn. Um, is, late, is that 55 times between the carving knife? 55 times total. And the fork? Between the, car, uh, the a carving fork and a kitchen knife. Wow. Between the two. He, like I said, he stabbed him so, many, so hard that he broke the knife off inside of him. That's wow. fucked up. Like, that's... That's um, that is fucked up. That's that's got to be a very very painful way to die. It's a world record. Oh, uh, Gelman said later that since he knew he was going to get caught, he was going to take down. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Gelman uh, later said that he knew since he knew he was going to get caught, he was going to take down the quote rats that set him up. So as he fled his mother's house in his in his stepfather's car, he actually ran over a crossing guard, breaking the woman's leg. Mm. So we're at one dead, one injured. Mm-hmm. in a little less than an hour at that point in time. Um, so now it's 10.30 a.m. He drove to the home of a female friend, Yelena Bolchenko. Uh, he said that Bolchenko was uh, was his driver when he was dealing. Um, and according to all of her friends, including her boyfriend that, uh, that they interviewed in a couple of documentaries that I watched, she didn't know how to drive. She didn't have her driver's license. She didn't really even hang out with him that much after they got out of high school. Um, so he's not real sure where the whole, um, you know, she, she was my, my co-pilot kind of thing when I was dealing drugs kind of thing came from, um, other than the fact that he did for a long time, try to date her and she wanted nothing to do with him. So I think that's kind of what's coming up here is he's taking the rejection and going, no, 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 I'm going to jail. I'm going to kill some people that I don't want around right Mm -hmm. now too. So Gelman uh, arrived at Yelena's mother's house where she lived as well and knocked on the door and uh, Anna Bolchenko, who was Yelena's mother, answered the door and invited him in because she, she knew him. She knew that, you know, he was friends with her daughter. So she invited him in and you know, made some small talk. I thought, no, okay, I thought you, you, know, you just said that, you know, uh, he was a friend of her. I thought that was his girlfriend or a strange girlfriend. Yeah. I think in his mind she was his estranged girlfriend, but they never dated. They were just friends. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's, okay. Okay. Again, with the the whole. Um, All right. Yeah. Like paranoid schizophrenia that, kind of thing. Where. Well, no, that's what PCP does to you. It well, fucking makes you hallucinate. So. But. Schizophrenia can can fuck with you too, and I think if you mix that with PCP, you get a really really bad combination. Mm. So he started asking Anna, you know, all these questions like. Um, you know, where does Yelena work? When's she going to be home? Who does she hang out with after work? And uh, Anna was, she got a little concerned and she's like, you need, you need to leave. I don't want mm-hmm. you here. Um, so he decided that he wasn't going to leave until he got, got answers that he wanted. So he followed Anna into the kitchen where he spotted a butcher's block with a bunch of knives in it. He grabbed the largest kitchen knife he could find and started stabbing Anna. Um, as he's stabbing her, he kept asking her, where is she? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So she's gonna tell you. So from what Max said in the interview in one of the documentaries I watched, this is a direct quote from something he said. She never. Oh, she died in honor. She didn't die a coward, because she never told him where her daughter was. Mm-hmm. So kind of eh. okay. And th- these interviews, the interview that I keep coming back to and talking about was um. I watched it on YouTube. It was called The Killer Speaks, and I think it was originally on a and I'm not 100% sure. It was either A&E or like uh, Investigation Discovery or something like mm-hmm. that. So 
the reason that he gives for looking for Yelena was that she's the reason that his uh, his stash house had been raided. He claimed that she was either an undercover DEA agent or she told the DEA where his stash house was. <laughs> Again, paranoid fucking <laughs> lunatic. Yeah. Because yeah, a 19-year-old girl that works at a coffee shop somewhere is an undercover DEA agent. You fucking fuckwit. <laughs> she could be a snitch for oh, him. Jesus. You want to you take over for a little bit here? All right. Or uh, what's what's uh, what's that called? What's, I keep my brain can't is not working right now. What's the not a snitch but a uh, informant? Yeah, she could be an informant, confidential informant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after killing Anna Bolchenko, he went to McDonald's and got a strawberry shake and some chicken nuggets. And that was one of those things in the interview where I'm sitting there watching it. and I'm like, this guy's a fucking monster. And I'm just like. What a fucking odd detail to remember. Like, yeah, I went to went to McDonald's. I got a uh, got a strawberry shake and some chicken nuggets. They fucked up. They didn't give me my barbecue sauce, so I went back in and I stabbed the manager in the fucking nuts. <laughs> he didn't actually stab the manager at McDonald's. So I just made that part up. <laughs> so he said that he then drove around looking for other people who, in quotes, set him up yeah. with the feds. Because he he did give some names, but they uh, they bleep them out. He's like, I was looking for Bleep, and I couldn't find him. And then I drove by Bleep's house, and he wasn't there either. Because they don't get, they don't have permission to use their name. Exactly. Or exactly. there's uh, still a possibility for a um, criminal investigation, maybe. Uh, so several several hours, so several hours after, you know, he had been driving around and all this stuff. Yelena, during this whole period of time, Yelena was at work. She she then just you know left work. And was on her way home. Yeah, she was on her way home. She gets a phone call from a friend, and the friend tells her that Max had killed his stepfather. And when she went got home, she found that her own mother had been killed. Okay, so something I want to throw in here that I think is really strange because I'm not sure where it comes from. His name is Maxim, which is M A K S I M. Maxim. Yeah. Yeah. His. I'm going to throw finger quotes in here. Street name that he, as he referred to it, was Wes. So they, this this girl knew him as Wes. How you uh, get fucking Wes from Maxime? I have no idea. Not a clue. Um. So so she called nine one one and reported the murder. And shortly after this, her boyfriend, uh, Gerard Honig. 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 However, you yeah. pronounce it, H O N I G, mm-hmm. called um, and saying that Yelena's mother ha- oh got a call. Yep, saying that yeah, I got. I got you can't read, read my typing either. No, <laughs> no, I just I was just kind of glanced over it. Uh, he called, got a call saying that Yelena's mother had been killed. So he rushed her her house. Yeah. In the back of a cab, which has got to be the fucking, like, most stressful thing ever. Be like, motherfucker, drive now. <laughs> yeah. You know? it's but You're in fucking New York City. It's like, traffic, I've, I've never driven there, but traffic's fucking crazy. I know that. Yeah. Uh, so, Yelena was waiting for the emergency service to arrive. And Max decided to drive by her house again to see if she was there. Yeah. Well, in... Well, he must have spotted her. Spotted yeah, she, her because... she was sitting out on the front steps waiting for the ambulance and the police to get there. And so he walked up to her and started yelling at her. Well, she started yelling at him. 
because yeah. she saw must he must have parked, got out, and then started yelling it. She started saw him was like you motherfucker. Well, like what, no proof. You know what? I mean, no, it, it's more like what the hell is you know? I'm guessing what the hell is going on. What happened with you and your stepdad? You know, kind of like just generally freaked out about the yeah. whole entire situation. Yeah, uh, said so that she she so she ran to the neighbor for help, which it's kind of odd. I mean, maybe yeah. I, well, not really odd because you just found out you found out that he killed his stepfather. Yeah, and so you don't want to be next. Yeah, and your and your mother's dead, and you don't know if he's involved mm-hmm. with it. You know, so he runs towards her and the neighbor, swinging his knife. He slashes through the neighbor's th- coat, at which the time the neighbor fled. Gelman then stabbed Yelena 11 times, and after she fell to the ground, a witness stated that uh, she laid face down on the ground, and he stood over her. He pulled her head up by the hair and cut her throat. Paramedics would say that her her throat was cut deep, and he almost severed her head from her body. the, the, The paramedics that were talking to her boyfriend when he got there, because when he got there, there was still blood on the ground said that she was still conscious when she left in the ambulance. And he almost cut her fucking head off and she was still conscious like conscious like blinking and moving her eyes around while she was in the ambulance. Wow. That's that's fucking horrifying, you know. Jesus. So he then speeds off in the stolen car that he has uh, and slams on another car, into another car. Uh, he got out of his car and approached the car he had just hit. And knocked on the driver's window. The driver, Arthur D. Sorrento, rolled down the do- window, and Gelman dove into the car, stabbed him three times, and kicked his ass out. I'm guessing. Because, yeah, he, he threw him out of the car because he hijacks the car. Yeah, because he takes it over. Gelman sped from the scene in D. Sorrento's car. Uh, he hit 62-year-old pedestrian Stephen uh, Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum was a rare coin expert, would later die from his injuries. So, let's see. So, now we're up to uh, three? Three dead. Possibly. Well, four dead, actually, at this point. Well, well at this well, point in time, we it's... know of three. Right. At this point in time, it's definitely two dead. Two that are going to die shortly after everything happened to them. I mean, does... And De Sorrento, does he really die? No. Does he die now? Is no, he, he, just, he lived. injured? So we have uh, stepdad dead, yeah. uh, Yelena's mother, Anna's mm-hmm. dead. Yelena has not died yet, but she will. And um, Stephen Tenenbaum is not dead yet, but he died. I think he died later that night in the in the hospital from so from his injuries from being hit by the car. Uh-huh. In, in the same interview that I mentioned before, he said that he didn't even see ten, uh, that uh, Gelman said he didn't even see Tannenbaum. He just heard something hit the roof and noticed a crack in the windshield. Hmm. So he hit him. I'm guessing going pretty quick. If you didn't even see the guy, and all you heard was a, you heard was like thump 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 over the top of it. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. So just so now we're rolling to. Uh, so this has been going on for. Well, we're getting close to that, uh, what, 20, almost 20 hour mark because it's yep. now 1 a.m. on the next morning, next day, yep. February 12th. Gelman ditched the car that he had stole, hailed a cab. When the cab stopped, Gelman stabbed the driver, Fitz Fullerton, 
which is like the most Irish fucking name of like the most Irish American name of all time. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. it's a dude named Fitzy in New York City driving a cab. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's funny, though. It's, I thought it was fun. Sorry. <laughs> so he then approached the car of Sheldon uh, Potting. Pottinger? Pottinger. Pottinger. Yeah. Yep. I, I had to, I had to listen to him pronounce it because I was like pot potanger, like, pot tiger. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not pot tiger. No, that's it's pottinger. Pot tiger. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I got that from. The arr. We said pot tiger. No, but more like a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. I, I don't know. I was thinking more like pirate for some reason there. Arr. I'm Weird. Captain Sheldon Pottinger. <laughs> <laughs> except he's like, uh, he's like, the, it, I'd be stealing your gold now. Well, except for this, this dude is like, uh, I can't, couldn't quite figure out from his accent if he was Haitian or Jamaican, but he was definitely somewhere in that neighborhood. Okay, so <laughs> I gotta clarify this. So he hails the cab. Yep. Cab driver stab, shows up. Stabs the cab driver, but. So someone else was in a car, must have been beside him, something like uh, that, and then he stabs the, stabs this Sheldon guy. Oh no no, no. Okay, so he, I'm guessing. Okay, so for the way I'm, I'm understanding it is he hailed the cab. I'm assuming he tried to car like carjack the cabbie and stabbed him, and the cabbie was like, "Fuck this," and took off. Sheldon Pottinger was in a different, was in his own vehicle, waiting for his wife to get out of work. Yeah. So th- he wasn't in the cab. Okay. So I'm guessing he stabbed the cabbie. Cabbie's like, fuck you, I'm out of here, and took off. So he's like, well, I need to get a car. So it's and like a sees... Grand Theft Auto thing where, you know, you go to st- you go to shoot somebody or stab them, you sh- but you, you shoot through the window. They're yeah. like, oh, fuck you, motherfucker, and they take off. Except he stabbed him in the hands. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> ouch. Uh, so it's kind of like a slashing type thing? Yeah. I will tell you, though, this Sheldon Pottinger guy is a fucking badass. <laughs> Continue. Uh, so as Kevin said, he... He approached Pottinger because um, he was waiting for his wife to get it to work. Uh, Gelman then climbed, so he climbed into the vehicle and stabbed Pottinger three times in the hand. Ow. That had to suck. Gelman stole the car with Pottinger still in it. As the vehicle reached speeds upwards of 70 miles per hour, Pottinger decided it was jump or die. He jumped out of the vehicle. Gelman interview in in the interview said, "Quote: I just seen this guy roll out of the car. He did a bunch of front flips and stuff. He was crazy." Says the guy who has been stabbing people left, right, and center for the better part of twenty four hours now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And and when he went as Kevin read that, whereas I just seen this guy. That's exactly word for word from the interview. <laughs> That, wow. is, that is the most New York start to a sentence ever. I just seen this fucking guy. He just jumps out a window, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he fucking jumped out the fucking way. He did a fucking front gator. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> he jackknifed him fucking what? Head first right into concrete. <laughs> fucking pow. Uh, so Gelman drove and so just kept driving away. And eventually abandoned the car and boarded the northbound three train 
at 34th Street. Okay, I'll, I'll take over from here. So now we're at Penn Station just after 8 a.m. So we're yes. 24 hours in. Yes. This, so he must be fucking really rolling because he doesn't slept or anything. Dude, he's cranked out of his fucking skull. He hasn't slept in over 24 hours at this point in time. Okay. And who knows how the, how the fuck long he had been up before he stabbed his stepfather. True. True. So, I mean, if you're on PCP, I've never done it. But if it's anything like people that have told stories about crystal meth, if it's anything like that where you can be up for fucking days and not even realize it, mm. that's some spooky shit. Okay. So, now he's sitting on the train. Yeah. Continue so, on. So, as he's, he's sitting on the uh, on the train and he's just kind of look, you know, looking around and he notices this woman reading a, a New York uh, – can't remember if it was a Daily News or New York Post. It was one of the two. Um. And it's got his it's got his mugshot on it, and uh, he just like slapped the newspaper out of her hand and you know freaked out and scared everybody on the car. Um, so here's where he comes up with a really really bad plan. Like what hasn't been bad about it so far? Well, this this is probably the worst part of his plan because this is like just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And you okay, know, nothing sticks. All right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So he goes to the front of the train and starts banging on the door to the condu- the conductor's cabin, declaring himself as a, here we go again with the finger quotes, official visitor. <laughs> yeah. So when the door opened, not only was there the conductor in there, there was an NYPD officer in there because they knew he was trying to get away. So they started putting officers on all the trains and stuff to keep an eye out for him. Mm-hmm. Um the officer recognized him from his mugshot and uh, Gelman slammed the door in, the, in his face and retreated back to the next car. And here is where we meet our hero, six foot, three inch tall, 265 pound ticket seller at the Lincoln Center, Joe motherfucking Lazito. <laughs> this guy is fucking awesome. He looks like a mix between a biker and a cage fighter, but listening to him talk, he seems like he's probably the nicest dude you'll ever meet. Huh. <laughs> um, so this guy might have actually been the bravest son of a bitch in all New York that day because... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Gelman stepped back into the car and made eye contact with with Lizito and looked at him and said, you're going to die. Joe Lizito disagreed. <laughs> uh, Gelman pulled the knife from his coat and Lizito recalled uh, in the interview in an interview that he did on the same documentary. Um, when he pulled the knife from his coat, it was like slow motion. At this point in time, Joe Lizito launches his bulk from his seat. He said, uh, he said, um, oh, shit, I lost my quotes here. Okay. Uh, he said, quote, I tried to shoot in low to get his legs, but he hit him too high. I caught him around the waist. Uh, when Lizito hit Gelman, Gelman started hitting him in the back of the head. Lizito says, he hit me in the back of the head. I could hear him grunting every time he swung. He didn't, uh, he didn't realize it at the time, uh, but Gelman had actually stabbed him in the head three times. Ow. Yeah. Uh, he hit him in the back of the head three times, and he caught him with a knife just below his left eye as he came back around with it. Um. So after wrestling with Gelman for what I'm assuming felt like a goddamn eternity, Joe Lazito rolled over, got Gelman on his back, got, for lack of a better term, if we're going to go with MMA stuff, got full mount and started slamming his hand on the on the ground to get the knife loose. And uh, after Lazito beat the piss out of him, the police officer who came face to face with him decided to intervene and arrest him. Yeah, because, you know, you've got a fucking uh, a club. You got a taser, you got pepper spray, and you got a fucking handgun. And you're going to let this dude do your fucking job for you? Straight doctor's probably like, man, hey, are you going to do something about that? 
Fuck that. He's Fuck. got a knife. He's got this handled. You see this you know, guy right here? And I, I'm not usually a person to badmouth the police. This guy was not doing his fucking job. He should yeah, have. He should have at least cracked him in the dome with that fucking metal rod a couple of times. Yeah, but he probably f- saw that Lozito was 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 fucking handling the the business. But you see that much blood coming out of somebody's head, you go, okay, maybe I should step in and do my job. Well, that was probably when he did because he saw but, like a lot of but shit this, going this down. This fucking guy slams the door in his face, and he's like, okay, fine, just stands there, like may, waiting. Maybe he's gonna come back in. No, I don't. Uh, like I said, I would. You know, I don't really. <laughs> I don't understand what he was doing here. Um, what I think, I think what the officer did was cowardly, and you know he let a regular citizen take out somebody who's been terrorizing one of the biggest cities in the world for the better part of twenty-eight hours. Joe Lazito, who was bleeding very badly, but Maxim Gelman had been taken into custody due to his injuries. One of the officers referred to Lazito as likely. Uh, he did Lazito at the point at that point in time didn't know what that term meant. Um, he asked his sister, who was also a, an NYPD officer, and she explained to him that that term usually means likely to die because he had been uh, – he had cuts to the back of his head and face, um, one of which took 20 staples to close. Ooh. That's a that's a big cut. Um, he also cut had a very deep cut to his thumb and his left triceps. Um, Lazito tried later on to sue the, uh, sue the police department for failing to intervene in the situation. For what he did, almost sacrificing his own life, I think he deserved at least something. So in the spring of 2012, uh, Joe Lizito, who was brutally stabbed and grievously wounded, sued the police for negligence and failing to render assistance to him as he was being attacked by Gelman. Lizito told reporters that he decided to file the lawsuit after allegedly learning from a grand jury member that NYPD officer Terrence Howell testified that he hid from Gelman before and while Lizito was being attacked because Howell thought Gelman had a gun. You have a gun too, dickhead. (laughs) You're probably a better shot with it than a crackhead. Just saying. In response to the suit, attorneys for the city of New York argued that police have no, had no duty to protect Lizito or any other person from Maxime Gelman. The police did not have a duty to do their jobs. Hmm. How bullshit is that? Yeah. That is that is the if you were to look up the term butt covering in the dictionary, you would see an exact picture of this situation next to it. Hmm. I don't know about that. So on July twenty fifth, twenty thirteen, Judge Margaret Chan dismissed Lazito's suit, stating that well while Lazito's account of attack uh rang true and appeared quote highly credible, Chan agreed that the police had no special duty to protect him. There's a fucking madman on the train with a knife. Isn't it called one of their oaths to is called protect to protect and serve? If you look at an NYPD cop car, it has it on the side of it that says that. Yeah. It's it's so fucking like it's gross that they're just like, no, we didn't have any duty to protect you. Wow. We had no special duty to protect you specifically, even though you were being fucking stabbed about the head and arms and shit by some lunatic. Huh. We didn't have to go out of our way to do our jobs. Fuck you. So after Gelman was arrested, so we're going to jump back a little bit now. So back to 2011. Yep. I just wanted to, I wanted to cover the Joe Lizito part of it while, yeah, we, while yeah, it was yeah. still fresh right yeah, there. So yeah. that's why I put it in the way it did. Of course. So back to 2011, right? Uh, so after um, – so Gelman was arraigned on February 13th, 2011 – 
in a Brooklyn courtroom on charges of murder and assault, probably with a deadly weapon. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Guess. A knife, yeah. Knife, car. Yeah. You know. And probably attempted murder. Probably should have been too. Premedit- not premeditated, no, maybe. It, it would have been like second degree at that point in time because yeah. it wasn't premeditated. It was just kind of like off the cuff, drug-fueled, loony mm-hmm. bin shit. Uh, he was represented by a public defender named Michael Baum. Uh, while being led from the police precinct to the courthouse in front of a crowd of onlookers and reporters, Gelman showed no remorse, saying that he had been, in quotes, set up. Hmm, right. Okay. So no motive for the murders had been offered by the authorities. It was speculated that the media, by the media that the rampage was triggered by Gelman's advances being scorned by uh, Yelena Bolchenko. Uh, on December 30th, 2011, 11, not 11, 11. <laughs> 2011. Gel- yeah. <laughs> Gelman, was, Gelman pled guilty to all charges. On January 18th of 2012, Gelman appeared in New York Supreme Court, Kings County, for his sentencing. Uh, sitting in the court to um, next to his attorney, Edward Friedman, Gelman was reported to be have been unruly, laughing or and yelling at the judge, in the family and and at the family and friends of some of the victims. At the conclusion of the trial, New York State Supreme Court Justice Vincent Del, oh my goodness, I'm going to say pronounce his last name wrong. Uh, I'm trying to find it here. Guiducci, G U I G I U. D-I-C-E. I I don't want to... I almost, I looked at it quick and I thought it was Del Guido and it's not. It's Del... Del Guiducci? Uh, Guiducci? Yeah, we'll go with Guiducci. I mean... Sure. I don't want, you <laughs> Who know... Who the fuck knows? Well, hey, I mean, hey. apologize if we pronounce his last name incorrectly. Okay, hold on here. First of all, we do a cryptozoology and true crime podcast. We are not fucking wordsmiths. We are not. No. <laughs> we are not pronunciation experts. <laughs> so Gelman was sentenced to 200 years in prison, telling Gelman, you are a violent psychopath. <laughs> wow. 200 years. Why don't they just send him to sentence him to life in prison while the possibility of parole? Because if you call it 200 years, you don't have to say he can't. Well, from what I understand, if you give them a specific term of years they don't even have the option to um petition to get parole hearings they're just in there until they're a fucking skeleton yeah but if you say without the possibility of parole they still have to go in front of a parole board every so often and make sure that they're being they're not being a shitbag in prison and stuff like that so this way Mm -hmm. he's just he's in a fucking concrete box for the rest of his miserable life okay so and cameras were were allowed in the courtroom, and photos showing Gelman's reaction at the time of the sentencing were widely dis- uh, distributed. I, I posted a picture up to Facebook and Instagram <clears throat> that I found to be, like, the most disturbing picture of this piece of shit in court where he's just, like, laughing his balls off behind mm-hmm. his attorney, and his attorney's got his, his hands in his face and his hands like, what the fuck am I doing here, <laughs> you know? So as we had stated at the beginning of the episode, after, at the beginning of this episode, Maxine Gelman will spend, or is spending, the rest of his natural life behind the concrete bar, behind the concrete walls of 
Northern New York's Comstock Prison. Yep. In Comstock, New York. Yep. Which is literally uh, 45 minutes, yeah, 40, half hour, yeah, 45, 45 minutes, minutes away from us. From right where now. we sit now, yeah. Yeah. It's a fucking hop, skip, and a jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we drive by, I drive by there fucking four times a year, easily, if not more. Yeah. And go over to, <laughs> go over to hit the fucking jerky outlet. I got to go past it twice. Exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's quite the quite the prison because that's the max supermax yep, for. That's, uh, I think that's New York's only supermax. I think so. It's not their only federal prison, but it's their only supermax. Well, I don't think it's a federal. It is. Yeah, Comstock's federal because murderers and shit go there, and that's federal crime. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, so that's uh yeah, that's Maxime Gelman in the nutshell. A dirt bag that right got, square in the nuts <laughs> that got uh, juiced all up. Thought that uh, people were were conspiring against him to to overthrow him. Yeah, don't do drugs, kids. Bad idea. This is definitely a little one of those reasons to not do drugs. Yeah. I mean, weed's not drugs. No, just don't do PCP and like crack and shit like that. It's bad. Heroin, don't do any of it. Just no. just smoke weed. It's fine. Yeah, people that is <laughs> fucking lives are ruined because of this ass wipe. Yeah. Um Anna Bolchenko, uh Yelena's mother, never got a chance to meet her grandchildren from her other daughter. So Matt, think about that. He destroyed an entire fucking family because mm-hmm. he was fucked up and paranoid and upset. You know, and then think about, you know, the poor poor old bastard that was probably walking to meet somebody to talk to him about some kind of a rare coin that they had walking across mm-hmm. the street, fucking doing cartwheels and shit through the air. And he's fucking dead because this cocksucker didn't want to pay attention to where he was going. Yeah. I mean, any, any of them, I mean, the guy, you know, just sitting in his vehicle waiting for his wife yeah. to mind his own fucking business. Yeah. And decides it's fucking 70 miles an hour. I got to get the fuck out of this car and just dives out. Yeah. It's- Joe Lazito, who made, <laughs> A fucking like a real ballsy move because he wanted to be able to go home and see his kids and his wife. He wanted to go see his family. He was he he saved exactly, dude. He saved so many people's lives on that train because mm-hmm. you're in a fucking metal tube that's moving. You don't know what he's gonna do. Where you gonna could have got in? Exactly. He was in the car. He was in the fucking in the the train car. Yeah, no, no. If he had got into the conductor car. Oh yeah, he 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 was planning on hijacking the train and just going until he could find a place to get out or crashing it or something. But think about it like this. How many other people were in that car? We don't know. How many people could he have killed in that car if Joe Lazito hadn't had a fucking titanium giant set of balls? Well, what was to stop him from killing everybody on that train? Mm-hmm. In the, at least in that one car. Because the fucking cop, the police officer, wasn't going to do anything, obviously. Because he had no special duty to protect anybody. This is one of those cases. I, I know some <laughs> some might disagree with me, but I I... I I feel very strongly about it. If you kill someone, not out of a passion like you're righting a wrong, right? But you you kill someone just because you want to kill someone, you should yeah. get killed back. You yeah. You know I, I just you know uh, we're not we're not ever gonna stop murders. You're preaching to the choir, brother. You know no I'm not. <laughs> uh, I mean we're not ever gonna stop people from killing other people because no. well let's face it. We've had public executions, you know, we've had, I mean, shit, they, think about during, back in the 1800s, you know, early 1900s, fucking people were getting hung. 
You know, they get in fucking long drop, sudden stop. Boom. Do you think that they, they stop killing people? No. No, they didn't stop them. No. People still kill people. You know, it's just, it's human nature. Yep. You can't, you can't take away from that. But I just, you know, I mean, I know I was saying eye for an eye, you know, tooth for tooth. Well, you shouldn't kill other people, you know. Well, guess what? I feel that maybe, you know, in some cases, people don't deserve to be in prison. So, I mean, like I said, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, all that good stuff. I don't, I just don't believe that you get to, by killing someone, you don't get to, uh, you don't get to be a, a, a regular free ride. person. Exactly. Yeah. You don't get to be a regular person anymore. Yeah. There's, the, the, there's a term called justifiable homicide. Where I think if you were to come across somebody in in the middle of killing somebody or, you know, sexually assaulting somebody, fucking kill them. <laughs> I exactly. don't think that. I think that's totally justifiable, honestly. Um, there was a situation a few months ago where there was a, a police officer that had pulled somebody over for speeding. Um, found out that the guy had had a, a warrant out for his arrest for some other stuff. And... Uh, Asked him to get out of the vehicle, and he did. And he proceeded to grab the cop and start beating the shit out of him in the middle of the road. And a good guy with a gun stopped, saw the whole situation, and fucking killed the guy right there. Justifiable homicide. He faced no charges for anything. The officer handed him his gun back after he ran everything to make sure it was legal. And he he made sure that that cop got to go home to his family. Because some scumbag didn't want him to. So I exactly. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not. I'm not by any means going. Yeah, just fucking go out and kill somebody. Fuck it. Go ahead. No. Yeah. No. Justifiable homicide is a completely different thing. Exactly. You know, somebody breaks into your house. They are threatening your family with something. Fucking drop them. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't say anything about it. You know. I mean. This guy. This guy. I mean, Maxime's. You know. His downfall was the fact that. Well, he likes drugs a little bit too much. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe he had a little bit of a shitty, you know, upbringing. You know, he had a stepfather that was a fucking alcoholic that liked to fuck, that was a very verbally abusive. You know, but, hey, you know, when you start tripping balls on fucking drugs, you know, something like PCP, well, guess yeah. what? That, that makes you do shit. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah... I could see that if he wasn't on it and it just just drove him to the edge and he did kill his stepfather. Okay, I can see that, you know. So, I mean, you know, women, battered women, you know, verbally abusive, right. you know, verbally abused, they they get to the driven to that point. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things that happens. And I, I would say, okay, good on him. You know, he took care of the situation. Right. You know, some would say, well, he could just, you know, move, get away. Well, well here, here's it's the, always the case. Here's the question. Do you think if he wasn't all fucked up on drugs and he had killed his stepfather, that would have been it? He would have just stopped there? Or do you think he would have kept going? Don't know. I think he would have kept going because I think he had it in him. I think he was trying to, I hate to say trying to prove how badass he was. Because he thought he thought he was like fucking king shit. He thought he was the biggest gangster in all of New York. And he really wasn't. He was just a small-time drug dealer with mm -hmm. a drug problem and probably not in the best mental state in the first place. Uh-huh. So I think he was just I think he was just fucked from get go, honestly. 
but I'm not saying that that justifies anything that he did because it doesn't because he's a piece of shit and I'm kind of glad that he's going to be a corpse in a cement box at some point in time in his life. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, it's not going to be our longest episode, but <laughs> yeah, well, hey, but hey, you know. I mean, you, when you cover something that only only took 28 hours, <laughs> it uh, it get, it's it's quick. Exactly. That's I mean, it's fucking quick, it, you know, fast it was, pace. Yeah, it was a quick fucking murder kill little kill spree. Yep, and that's what happens. I mean, it did take us three weeks to cover a. 41 minute shootout but that had a lot of a lot of intricacies to it this was just fucking nutsack swinging a knife at people it could be worse so we could have been talking about israel keys again oh fuck that guy <laughs> i still so, don't i still don't like that one <laughs> so with that uh so if you if you uh once again if you want to listen to our show and you know not want everybody else to hear what we're you're listening to because because it's some, just for you. Yes, yeah, just for you or you know. <laughs> it's plus not for anybody some, else. Sometimes you know we do say some shit that uh, would make other people go, "What the fuck?" You know, I think this is the only the second episode that I've used the word cocksucker in. That's true, but it it fits. So <laughs> yeah, well, you know, go to uh, go to studio dot com and uh, check out what they have for uh, listening device. You know, you have. A listening devices they have in the ear over the ear they have uh you what it, you want you make it sound like they sell wire taps they <laughs> they might uh, you never know your new supplier for listening devices <laughs> uh, sponsored yeah. by the nsa <laughs> Shh, don't tell they're already listening it's fine that's okay but yeah uh Jesus Christ! Sorry. <coughs> yes. Crack myself up. So go check the go check out studio.com and s- see what you might find for uh, earphones, headphones. They, they make all good that Christmas good stuff. gifts. They Everybody make, likes headphones and they, listening to stuff. So they do, they do. Um, but just as a side note, you will not be able to use said promo code after next week. No. For at least until probably, uh, end of the month. Yeah, I'm guessing probably like back Be, to the first of the year. Yeah, so. go get so, them now. Go get them now. Uh, promo buy code. extras. Yes, buy extras. Buy yourself you, two pairs and then get other people some for Christmas. You never fucking know exactly. when you might need an extra pair. Exactly. And put the promo code of Dark Windows 15 in at the discount section, and you'll get 15 percent off. Um. So, and speaking of, I'll I'll say this before we get off the headphones. Get, get, get your, off the headphones. Get yourself a set of Regents because they are the over-the-ear. They are Bluetooth or auxiliary. And get a set of the Nevas. And those are completely Bluetooth, completely wireless. You use the Neva, the uh, the the Regent when you're at home and you don't want to be bothered. And then you sneak the Nevas into your ears at work when you don't want to be bothered. How about they just go get what the fuck they want? But I'm just I'm making a recommendation. <laughs> so. Don't be biased, asshole. I'm I'm just I am a little biased because those those are the ones I have. But you know what I'm biased about? What's that? GameEnvy.net. Yeah, go over there with a hobby holder. Yes, go get yourself a hobby holder. They got a bunch of other cool shit there too. They've got um, they've got uh, brush holders that look like medieval weapon racks. They're they're pretty cool. Um, but if you go there, you get your hobby holder. You pick your colors. You got a different color base, different color handle. You mix and match, find the colors you want. There's a shitload of color combinations. Um. You put it in your cart. You get $2 off each hobby holder. So you can buy like 100 of them. You're going to get $2 off each one of them, you know? But, and then 
another place you oh, should wait, go. Oh, wait, hold on. What do you have to put in for the promo code? Oh, Jesus. We already did it once. The promo code is going to be Broadstone, which we spelled at the beginning. We're so not going to spell it again. No, because Seth's not here to spell it again. Ha-ha. We miss him. What's another place we can go check but out, too? You should also go check out DiceheadGames.com. They are located out of Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, they sell comic books, uh, tabletop games, magic cards, all kinds of, like, any kind of nerd-related gaming you want to do, other than I'm guessing video games. I don't think they sell those. Um, and comic books, they've got it all. They've got an awesome website. And if you do tabletop gaming and you are getting out of a game and trying to get into something different, they do a trade-in program where you can send a list of um, all of your minis and stuff, and they will give you an estimate on what they would give you in trade, and then you can just put it right towards whatever you're going to get. It's an awesome program. I've used it myself. Seth's used it. It works fantastic. Uh-huh. So, wow, my voice just cracked Yeah, up. you did, Peter Brady. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go give them a, go, go check them out. Um, and on that note, we are out of here. We say adieu. Adieu, adieu, a, a female p- dear. <laughs> Parting is such sweet sorrow. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Well, fine, fine. Yeah. Because if you can't see yeah. out into the light, the light can't see into the... <sighs> no, you are that's... so bad at this. Just because, you, just because you can't see into the PCP can't doesn't mean the PCP can't see into you. <laughs> nope. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. <gasps> Toodaloo. Bye-bye. And for Seth, kisses. <laughs>